0: Hi, you entrepreneurs. Today we have Mia. He is the fail coach. His story is an interesting one. He was raised with the idea that everything good was him and giving so much praise that he could do nothing wrong. He had to come to a strong realization that even the bad was him too. And it took him a long time into his life to figure that out after everything kind of fell apart. He says that he's failed in every single aspect of life. And that's where he he helps people grow from. If you're failing at anything, if you've thought about giving up on something, take a listen to this. Of course, please subscribe. Love to hear your feedback. Thanks, everyone.
1: Welcome to the road to growth, success
0: of an entrepreneur. We've raised the bar. Learn firsthand from successful business owners and create
1: your own path to success. I'm going to show you how great I am. It's time to hit the road to growth with team lead of the Enriquez Group, Realtor Vinny.
0: All right, so we are here with Miha and I'm not going to try your last name. We were talking about
1: you beforehand. Do you want to give everyone your last name? Uh, hi, Vinny. Uh, so it's Matliewski. Okay.
0: Yeah, I uh, yeah, I'm I'm so bad when it comes to name. I get I get better and better the more podcasts I do, the more interviews I do. But uh, man, I love your story. Like I we got connected through another colleague in the in the podcast world, um, the quest of success. And you're a failure coach. I mean, I've had other uh, business coaches, mindset coaches, and where you came from is i think just a just a great story in in 2009 we'll get there about the whole failure losing 20 million dollars like just big numbers right there but talk to you talk to us more about who you are and what you do
1: well um i'm the fail coach that's how everybody calls me that's how everybody knows me and it's because i constantly talk about how important it is, especially for entrepreneurs, I mean, for everybody, but, you know, we entrepreneurs, we are the crazy ones, you know, we want to change the world, we want to achieve these huge, huge, huge things, and and the, the bigger, you know, your uh, what you're trying to achieve, the more you have to push yourself out of the comfort zone, um, and the more you push yourself out of the comfort zone, the more likely it is that you will fail along the, the process, uh, along the steps because you're doing a lot of the things for the first, second time. And that's, you know, you, it's very hard to fail when you've done something for a thousand times already. And, but you know, that's when something is already in your comfort zone. So that's why I always say that for us entrepreneurs, it's even more important that we have this healthy relationship with failure to see it for what it is so that it doesn't bring you down, that you don't go into that roller coaster and negative emotions and negative self-talk because nothing good will happen there. You will be just more depressed, anxious, Stress levels go extremely high. You can come very close or even commit a suicide. Failure is actually the number one reason for entrepreneurs to commit suicide, something uh, not, uh, not many people know. We all know that fear of failure is the number one dream killer. Um, and, yeah, um, any entrepreneur, um, uh, I mean, whoever you will talk with who, was, who is, I don't know, doing six, seven, eight, nine figures, Like every real entrepreneur, without trying to hide from all the failures and just pretend that they are all success and nothing else, if they're honest, they will tell you that they had to overcome a lot of struggles, a lot of roadblocks, a lot of failures, a lot of mishaps on that journey to be where they are. And so the thing is that it's more... Yeah, go ahead. Say, sorry,
0: sorry to get on you. No, I I totally agree with you. I mean, that was one of the ideas behind bringing the, this podcast out there. I think social media is such a good thing because that's, that's the only way we would have got connected, through social media. But also, too, if you're weighing yourself against other people out there and you're seeing their successes and you have a failure there, it can be deflating. But you have to realize that every post that you see on social media, every person on stage has some sort of failure that they've kind of fought through.
1: Yeah, and I mean... If, if you see somebody who's pretending that, you know, uh, all they do is, is, is succeed, 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 run away from them because that's, that's BS. It's, yeah. it's, it's impossible. It's, it's literally impossible. Maybe, you know, sometimes you, you, you are lucky and and you try something and bam, your first try is successful, but you know, that's events here and there that can't be on the long run in, in a year, an entrepreneur will fail so many more times than how many successes they will have. But those successes definitely outweigh the failures. If you keep going and well, it, failure is what usually stops you. And that's when you really fail.
0: Well, there it's, it's so wild. I still heard so many different quotes, talk to so many different people that talk about that avenue. Like I had a um, an artist on my podcast, he was talking about the idea of failure and every fail, he, every time he got a no, it just then he's one step closer to that yes. Or sure. failure, I mean, it's the same kind of idea when like what Thomas Edison, right? Where he was talking about, well, you failed a thousand times. You could, or, because I didn't fail a thousand times. I basically tried a thousand different ways and finally got to the right way or something. You know what I mean? Like there's so many different people out there. It's just the idea that you have to look at failure in a different light like you're talking about.
1: I mean, I think it's it's an English saying um, to be that you need to first crawl to be able to walk. Something like that is, is yeah, yeah. right. And yeah. and this like you know the same goes with success and failure. You need to really know how to deal with failure before you can succeed, Bec- yeah. because the road to success is through failures. I mean, sometimes there are little failures. Especially when you know how to manage failures, when you have a system in place where, you know, you, you, you are measuring stuff, you have KPIs, you have a BI system where you can see the dashboards and you can react to things happening to you uh, super fast. So really the, the way to deal, to fight failure, well, not to fight it, to embrace failure would be the right say here, is to have a logical system in place because failure is emotional. You set a goal. Usually that goal has high hopes, high dreams behind it, and then you don't hit that goal, and then you go, you spin in the other direction. You go into uh, very high negative emotions. And if you include logic here and, you know, processes, KPIs, benchmarking, uh, BI, that will put logic into perspective because failure is, is a result of process of steps um, from, from A to B. B is where your goal is, A is where you are today. And, and I think the one thing that we might have brought up a little bit, but the idea is
0: for people listening failure is good if you learn from the failure,
1: right? If you're failing if you're the same thing over and over, well, then that's probably a different story. Yeah, I mean, if you keep doing the same things and expect that suddenly something will change, well, I think it was Albert Einstein that said that that's uh, a sign that you're a bit crazy.
0: <laughs> exactly.
1: So walk us through. Um, I know
0: I brought up the, the 2019 bankruptcy, but there's probably stuff before then, I'm guessing. How did you get to that, to that point? Walk us through your life. To
1: well, to this point I, I, I'm going to give you a shorter version of the story because, okay. you know, it's been twenty-three years since I started my entrepreneurial journey. I start. I. 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 Uh, um. How how do you say that? Uh. When you don't finish high school. Um. High school dropout. Yes. Yes. So I dropped out of high school when I was yeah. seventeen, and uh, yeah, that's how my entrepreneurial journey started when I was eighteen. Uh, I started. About start like school or what happened? Why did you drop out? Um. Just um. I had this the most perfect childhood. And I could never do anything wrong to, you know, to my parents. And, um, and so I was just this rebel without any cause in, in high school. <laughs> you know, like, I'm not, not going to memorize this stuff. This is stupid. What, what, what will this benefit me in real life and, and, and stuff like that? So I was just rebelling. Um, and, you know, my parents, they, they weren't like, oh, no, you need to, you know, buckle up and sit down and study and this and that. Like, whatever I did was Okay. Um I had no accountability from were, them. Were you only, only child? Yes. A very spoiled. That's why I get <laughs> along with millennials uh, uh, a lot. Um so uh yeah that that was the first thing. And then my father had a small, very small family business. And that's where I started after high school. That was kind of the start of my entrepreneurial journey. And again, I was more or less just son by occupation, you know, partying, uh, a good paycheck and very little to do in the the workspace. But unfortunately, uh, my father was suddenly diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. And three weeks later, he was dead. And uh, I had to take over and I had no clue what on earth I'm doing. And how do you run a company? And so very soon that company started going towards bankruptcy, but I was lucky enough that I found people who saw something in me that I'm good with sales and networking. And they said, well, you know, we'll invest something in the company. We'll take over the majority share. We'll take care of the business and you just do your thing and and we'll support you with everything. And uh, let's make this happen. And Uh, Things really picked up very quickly. Um, I was doing 100, 150, 200% more in in turnover, month from month. Um, And soon, you know, money was flowing again. Life was good again. uh, Crazy vacations, Michelin, three-star restaurants, crazy cars, you name it. I was 20-something, you know. I mean, I was flying high. What kind of business Um, was it? It was in the energy field. We were... Uh, we were wholesalers of uh, high-voltage equipment, like transformers, cables okay. for, for uh, transmissions, and so on. And, um, yeah, I, suddenly I, I had the freedom again, and I was full of ideas, what problems to solve, you know, like the true entrepreneur. But since those guys took over majority share in my company, it was like, I'm just creating my own companies. Uh, But I haven't learned anything about how to actually run a company. And that was around 2005, 2006, 7, 8. So those were the very good years in Europe. Um, I was, you know, the thing was that I was flying on that positive macroeconomic situation. I was riding the wave. Just like today, you know, real estate is rising, stocks are going up. Like right now, I mean you have to be pretty stupid to go bankrupt right now. <laughs> um, I mean, you know, banks are throwing money, at, you know, even if you come up with something half decent, they will finance it and so on. So, um, I was riding that wave and I understand that now looking back, but at that time I was convinced that I'm like the king of business. I'm the God of business. I'm, I don't know what King Midas, whatever I touch turns into gold. And, uh, the, th- the biggest thing is that I never laid any solid foundations in my business. Any. You know, like uh, um, in me, because you the entrepreneur, you're that first pillar of the foundation. So I never learned things that, you know, an entrepreneur should learn. Soft skills, hard skills. I was just good at sales. Mm. Um, but I created four more companies and many new projects. And everything was just really, really flying. I like None of my companies was below multiple seven figures in yearly revenue, even multiple eight. Um, one of them was in real estate. I was an investor in this huge real estate project, huge, um, 60, 70 million U.S., something like that, 50, something like that. And um, you can imagine in 2009, the crisis came to Europe. <laughs> And my businesses were like that first house from the Three Little Pig story, made out of straws without (laughs) any foundation. When that crisis came, the first wind just blew everything away. Um, The the company that was in real estate tanked because suddenly the prices dropped so much that it wasn't any. I I would build for more than I would be able to sell for, and the bank just said we want out because i was financing everything through the bank and all my other companies were co-signers of the agreement i personally we was co-signer of the agreement and so basically in one single day i lost 20 million in my personal network well 15 million in my personal network and i went 5 million in personal debt
0: yeah
1: um in Europe, at least at that time, if you were a business owner and your companies went bankrupt, you didn't pay the last paycheck in Texas, you weren't able to do personal bankruptcy, which would, you know, wave the whole thing away. Um, so I was left with that, with that burden. Um, and, you know, week after week, I had no idea how to solve it. Phone calls became... We want to sue you, then phone calls turned into we'll do this and this to you, you know, like mafia's calling you. Um, you wake up, phone starts ringing, you go into depression immediately, you just stay in that state for a whole day. Um, there's this whole nuclear reactor in your head, overthinking, thinking. You stop seeing any ideas, you stop seeing any future, any goals. Everything just becomes dark. There's no tunnel, no light, no nothing. You start asking yourself, like, why would I even, you know, is it worth living like, if, if this is what it is? Because at one point I, I believe that, oh, I, re- I used up all the good times and this is it. Like this from now on, this is my new reality until I die. And then, of course, you start thinking, like, what's the point in, in going on? And so the idea of suicide starts creeping in. And you know, the more you think about it, the more appealing it is. You know, that silence, the uh, everything you, would just go away.
0: Do you remember rock bottom? Like, would you remember? Was there a moment of rock bottom where you're at the closest of, of possibly killing yourself or possibly yeah. doing something like that?
1: Yeah, there was this one evening in 2010. Um, I was on my balcony smoking my cigarette. The apartment was about to be taken away from me in a few days, and I just climbed over and and, and um, okay. I, I was just holding myself with one hand and I was already like 45 degrees over looking down. And the first thought was, am I going to do this right or I will mess this up as well and just end up on a wheelchair? I mean, if I'm going to jump, I want to make sure that, you know, I end it. I don't want to yeah. stay alive um, uh, and and that's it. So that was the first thought. And then I had this huge argument with myself and I used a whole lot of very juicy words that I'm not going to repeat on your podcast. Uh, we don't want to get that censored. But it was along the line, you know, like how were, how did you make so many mistakes? You, you, You messed up everything. And, you know, everything was you, you, you. And suddenly I heard that you. And now if we go back in time a little bit, that perfect childhood. For me, it was only logical when something good happened that that's all me. And whenever something bad happened to me, I was unable to understand that I can do something wrong, you know, this perfect child. So I was always able to find something or somebody else to blame. And this time, I had nothing. And flashes started happening in my head you know, I signed that agreement. I did this. I chose that. I partnered with this person. I, you know, I, 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 and it was the first time ever when I really took ownership of everything. Was and, it? Wait,
0: so you took. Was this epiphany came when you're on the balcony, or when did this yeah, epiphany? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I was like holding with one hand yeah, so and just, happened, okay. just yelling loudly at myself. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I realized, oh my God, if with all those mistakes, I was still able to come to that point of personal net worth. If I actually take all of that and learn, do better, choose better, change habits, you name it, I can do it again. And, and that was that little ray of, of light that I needed to climb back in, to sit down, to start writing everything I need to do. And to this day, being the fail coach, so, you know, I don't get clients that everything is perfect. Um, I haven't met a single entrepreneur who struggled with something that was unknown to me. So uh, I really messed everything up in business that you can mess up i'm 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 still waiting you know hopefully that one day uh there will be somebody who will say oh i struggle with this and i will be yes i never struggled with that but so far uh i uh like yeah i I was really thick-headed i mean i really was you know making same mistakes and doing same thing and just expecting, I don't know what to change. And, and like all of the things that we were talking in the beginning, that was me. And um, yeah, um, that's so, the first time when I really took charge of, of, of uh, that ownership of my past. The so how, you, that.
0: how you jump from that moment right there into being a, a failure coach? You're writing
1: everything down. you start looking oh. for clients to start, Yeah. no, 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 no. no. That was a long journey. I mean, uh, uh, when I did the list, I realized that there's like, you know, so much on it. And so the journey, it took me about three and a half years of really, really hardcore self-development, business development, learning, changing. I had to reinvent myself, basically. And then in 2014... I started another startup energy efficiency startup this time so we were helping I came up with a very unique way of how to help so big corporations
0: to, to stop right there for a second so it took you four about four years to get back on your feet yes. from where you were yes okay
1: yeah okay. Um, so uh, well not back to my feet back to creating a startup um, Yeah, back uh, to back the kind when of like- my feet was 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 even later on Yeah. Um, so Uh, We were helping big corporations and retail chains on saving uh, how much electricity and gas they use. And I was able to scale that business from zero to multiple eight figures in monthly revenue in less than a year to multiple nine figures next year. I really took everything that I've learned and, and I did everything differently. And it was really more to show to myself, to prove to myself that I really learned from my past mistakes and, of course, repaying that debt. Um, and then in 2016, um, I had an exit. Uh, I was able to walk away from day one because of the systems and, and, and everything that was in place. And uh, then um, I repaid all the past debts, uh, which accumulated by that time to – um, almost seven million, with all the interest and lawsuits and everything, and that's when I found myself with a very strange thing: the freedom of time and money, or what I call the ultimate freedom, which is the freedom of choice. Be, be, before you get into the, the, that that part of life, question. Um...
0: Now, did you have a game plan? Because usually, like, there's a saying that goes that people overestimate what they can do in one year and underestimate what they can do in five years. Did you have a six-year game plan to get you back to to start?
1: Well, um, I didn't thought that I can scale that fast, to be honest. That wasn't the plan. Um, but, uh, yeah, I had a very, very solid plan, Um um everything I mean I've st- I started with laying down a very solid foundation. Um, I was able to find investors uh from from start. Um I was leveraging immensely on everything that I could leverage on. Um and uh yeah but I, I never thought that it will go so quick. Uh but I was prepared to really put insanity in into that um and when I saw how good it's going i I just added on to that because I saw, oh you know i can I can even quicker come to that point of uh where I can repay everything and get that off my chest
0: okay so so and then back to now you have money, you have some free time in two thousand and sixteen what what happens next
1: well that that was when the whole coaching thing uh i was more i mean I never planned to be a coach, I just took some time off because you know. Doing that for the past two years was insane. I mean, on emotional level, on physical level, um, I was tired. I was, you know, I was sleeping so little. I was pushing myself, my team, everything. And and it was really, really hard on, on all levels. So I just needed a long vacation. But in that vacation, I, I realized that, you know, even when I went, uh, I don't know, I went to Lisbon. And what I did after two or three days of partying... I started looking for meetups to hang out with fellow entrepreneurs. To And, you know, uh, I would go to meetups. I would go to startup incubators. And, you know, people would ask me, well, who are you? You know, like, and I would tell them my story. And then they started asking me, oh, well, how would you do this? How would you do that? And I just started helping people, helping entrepreneurs. And then
0: what was your idea of going to the meetups? Because that's so, I've, I've never heard that before, going, going on a trip, going on a vacation. And then partying and then going to meetups in like different cities where you're located. I mean, what was the idea behind that?
1: Um, I just love being around entrepreneurs. I mean, if I have to talk about the weather and the ladies and and cars and, 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 and politics and stuff like that for a few days, I mean, kill me. (laughs) You know, I need, I need fellow entrepreneurs around me. I realized that deep down inside me, I'm an entrepreneur, you know, like that's in my DNA. And like, even like uh, where I live now, I created, I create meetups all the time so that I get to meet uh, fellow entrepreneurs. And and that's who I hang out with. I, I literally have very little people outside of the entrepreneur's um, that, I, uh, that I hang out with, I just, I need that, I love that brainstorming, solving problems, uh, this, that, the, the, the excitement, the adrenaline, the rush, and then as I was doing more and more of that, I realized how, how good it feels, how even 10 times or 100 times better it feels when you help somebody else than if you do something for yourself that's how I ended up being a coach. It was very, very unintentional. I think uh, even when I started, I was like, oh, because, you know, I knew the coaches from the online world. And I was like, oh, come on. I don't want to be one of those guys, you know, like, uh, you know, pretending this and that and blueprints. And, you know, I'll make you rich in three days with half an hour a day and things like that. But then, you know, I said to myself, well, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it my way. And that's why when I was thinking about the name, a friend of mine, he said, well, you're constantly telling everybody about, you know, how good you have to be with failure, embrace it, this, that. Every story that you start, starts with, I tried this, I failed, and this is what I did. He said, be a fail coach. I was like, you know, I like that. I really like that. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm doing things very differently. Uh, but it's aligned with what I believe is the right thing, and uh, yeah.
0: What? So, if you could look at your younger self, that that person that that dropped out of uh, high school, what kind of advice do you think you'd give them?
1: I mean, in all honesty, if we are talking about myself, yeah. nothing, uh, because no. I wouldn't want to change anything that happened because I appreciate what happened to me because of that, I am who I am today and I'm doing what I'm doing and I'm in love with my life today. So I wouldn't say anything to myself, but when I'm talking and working with millennials, with younger people, or even, you know, with older people, um, two things, um, learn And practice how to develop healthy relationship with failure because you will fail a lot. The bigger the thing you want to achieve, the more you will fail. And the second thing is always put foundations in place first. You wouldn't want to start building your house from the second floor up. You always want to start with a plan, foundations, and then you can start building up.
0: So building a plan, I mean, that's, I think that's a tough thing. There's so much you talked about already about coaches, online, social media. There's so much information out there. How do you know if the person you're getting the information, information from is speaking the truth or just speaking BS? I mean, is well, there a way you at that?
1: Well, I mean, the first thing is you have to take it, you know, I mean, often I see people just jump into things. You know, mm-hmm. it's almost like I go out on a Friday night. I meet a girl, we have a one-night stand, and then for the breakfast, I just pop the question. You, wouldn't, <laughs> you I mean, you wouldn't want to do that, am I right? Yeah, you, no. you You would go on a few dates and, and try to talk a little bit about the important stuff, maybe even see if they walk the talk and so on. Like, the first thing is you need to understand how what's important to you like for me personally when i'm working with other coaches and i do have my own coaches so that's the first thing if a coach tells you business coach tells you that they don't need a coach because they their business coach mm-hmm. run away from them they 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 are full of bs we all suck when it comes to our own companies because we're so much emotionally involved yeah. You, you No matter how good you are at mindfulness and emotional intelligence and I don't know what, it's it's impossible for you to step so much aside to look at it as somebody from the outside can. It's impossible. We all get stuck. Maybe less, but we still get stuck. We still do well, mistakes.
0: Talking about the motion, I actually was on a, a appointment the other day, a real estate appointment, and we were talking about that that idea that I've sold enough properties over two hundred and some properties or whatever. But I, my first time I ever sold my house by myself, um, it was I was emotional about it. And that's the thing. Like you, sometimes you have to remember to kind of step out of it, but it's hard to do that if it's your own business, own yeah. own thing you do on a
1: daily basis. So I totally agree. Yeah. So that's one thing. And then of course, you know, um, maybe you prefer somebody who who knows more from a theoretical point of view. And Mm -hmm. if that's what works for you, then, of course, look at, you know, their certification, universities, and so on. I mean, you're free to decide what's important for you. Like, for me personally, I try to look at people who have gone through the trenches and who are open to share the good and the bad. That, for me, is super important because if they're not, I know that they are hiding something. So... So the way,
0: I mean, I've had a couple coaches, I mean, I'll get back. I've had coaches for the last couple of years. One thing that I was, I was kind of putting the correlation with is personal trainers, right, for the physical coaching, right, and the mental coaching, right? And for what I noticed, at least for a lot of the coaches I had, was the physical coaches, the personal trainers, they would come up with ideas. So if you said, okay, well, I'm really trying to get this muscle right here to grow. Like, okay, let's work on this. Let's do this. Well, it seemed like a lot of the coaches that I had, you know, that I was working with, they would say, "Okay, tell me what you did, tell me your numbers," and they wouldn't really give a lot of new insight into how to grow that that's that muscle, that business muscle. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What What do you think is your take on how a coach should be? Is it, I
1: mean, is that the right way, or is there one way of doing it, or one, what what you feel? I mean, with? I know. Co- I mean, I dearly love a friend of mine who is, in my view, an exceptional coach, but he's very methodological. so you know the first thing he will ask you is, do you need a coach, a mentor, a teacher and 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 you know he he's super focused on that i oh, wow. on the other side, I'm focused on results, and okay. sometimes we all need we need a life coach, sometimes we need a therapist, sometimes when I'm dealing with multiple multiple founders. I feel like a a marriage counselor between them. Um, Then they need coaching, they need teaching. If it's something that's new to them, you need a teacher. If it's something where you already have experience, you just need somebody to ask you the right questions. Sometimes you just need somebody to brainstorm stuff with. So the way I do stuff, I just give my clients what I fully believe they need at a certain time and i'm focused on getting them to the results they want and sometimes that means letting them fail a little bit to reach a point of pain where they're ready to make a change mm. uh but but yeah i mean some like you need to you need to You know, do your due diligence when it's a relationship. Uh, You know, with your coach, you will work for a certain amount of time, whether that's six weeks, eight weeks, or it's a a one-year program or whatever it is, it's a relationship. So you need to do a few dates. You need to check around. You you know, like I never have a problem when somebody says, well, can I talk with some of your past students? Sure. Here you go.
0: How uh, I know every client is different. What is there a set time or usual time that you feel that a coach is ne- needs to work with a person before they can see true results, or is um, it just very first person?
1: I mean, the thing that I do when I'm not working with new entrepreneurs. So when it's new, you know, we know where we need to start. Uh, yeah. But uh, whenever I'm working with multiple six, seven, eight, nine-figure entrepreneurs. I don't start anything before I do my due diligence. It's not a free service, but it's also very intensive. I go through numbers, resources, business development, the the level of clarity. I talk with employees, with leaders, and and so on from that company. So it's a very, very intense due diligence. Uh, But that is an outside perspective, where they truly are right now, where they want to go, and what resources and leverages are available to get us from here to then and what's missing i mean the thing is that it's either they're doing the wrong steps or some some things are not in place or there are bottlenecks that we need to discover and then improve on those bottlenecks so that you know the flow can go through through the whole process um and i always start with the due diligence after the due diligence that's when we can start talking about uh any kind of coaching or support from my end, um, and then I also can tell them we will do this and this and this. In this quarter, we'll focus on this. We'll focus on that, and this is where we expect the results. Then that's when I can promise results because I I have to do my own due diligence, and then you know I can promise stuff.
0: Well, thank you, Mia, for for being on the podcast, the Road to podcast. Uh, if someone's looking for your services or trying to reach out to you, what's the best way of them getting in contact
1: with you? Um, Go to Google, type in Fail Coach. I'm still the only one, so (laughs) Uh, that's the easiest. And then they can go to any social media platform we post stuff on Uh, or if they want to get in touch with me, um, the best thing is LinkedIn or Facebook. They can message me. I'm always very happy to have a chat. Um and yeah, that's that's more or less it. Perfect. And then any la- last piece of advice? I know you've
0: given a lot of great information. Is there any last piece of advice? Maybe someone's uh, hesitant to reach out, but if you wanted to, just something that they can they can start
1: their two thousand and twenty off right by. Well, uh, one thing I can I- I'll be very quick. So uh, yeah. often, very often, uh, entrepreneurs tell me at any level. I need some oxygen money. I mean, not at any level when they're, you know, at big levels, they don't need that. But early stage entrepreneurs, they often tell me I need some oxygen money. There is this super easy technique that's called the leverage of trust because, you know, you have to skip the journey if you want some super short results. And so I started a Facebook group. They can go to facebook.com slash groups slash the leverage of trust. Um, and, uh, yeah they can dive into it's free anybody can join they can dive in um I do live q and A's I do live uh, uh, sessions in there I answer them their questions and so on and they get everything that they need to know in just about a month's time since I started that group uh students in there uh, or i don't, yeah students. Um, They already made more than 50 K in, in just by leveraging that trust.
0: Wow. Well, we're going to have a um, a lot of your links and information in the description for this podcast. So anyone listening right now, if you're looking to get more information for his uh, Facebook platforms, LinkedIn, all that, we're going to have that in the descriptions here. Mia, I, I mean, I I, thank you for being on the podcast. I I love your story. The ideal failure. I mean, that's, the essence of what this podcast is about is making sure people are aware that it's okay to fail and what you've gone through. I think anyone out there, if if today was a bad day or yesterday was a bad day, this gentleman right here has gone through a lot of stuff and, and he's, he's in a lot better place by putting a strong game plan together. So don't worry. You're not alone. Thank you again, Mia. Thank
1: you, Winnie. it was a pleasure to be your guest and uh, all the best. Thank you.